Welcome to Lift, a parenting podcast where we ask the questions about family and faith. Parenting takes a lot of heavy lifting, both in physical, emotional, and spiritual ways. Let's face it, raising a family is hard work. Some of us are doing it as a single parent. Some of us are working with a spouse, but all of us have questions every day. Are we screwing up our kids, our marriage, our relationships? This podcast will ask questions that can guide each of us to finding our rhythm and creating a space for God in our home. And did you know we have a Facebook page now? So make sure and check us out, Lift a Parenting Podcast on Facebook. Well, Roy, thanks for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Certainly. Uh, during my day, my day job is I'm an attorney. Um, for purposes of our discussion today, and most importantly, I'm a husband and a father to five kids. Um, I do a lot of volunteer work here with our student ministry program at St. Andrew, have for the last 15 years or so, mm-hmm. um, including last year, um, pertinent to today's topic about transition to college, I uh, led a class uh, for our seniors about uh, preparing uh, for college based on a book by a youth pastor in Atlanta named Before You Go. Right. I met the author of that book recently. Yeah. Told him we used it. So you have five kids. I do. And they're all adults now, quote unquote. They are. The youngest (laughs) just turned 20, so I no longer have a teenager. Oh, wow. I would assume that preparing each kid for the next phase, um, either workplace or college, was a different journey for each one of your children. Very much so. They all grew up under the same roof and they're (laughs) all very different. In fact, we were together, uh, had the opportunity to be together with four of them this weekend. And at one point, my wife said, I swear we raised all of you. <laughs> In the same <laughs> house. It wasn't obvious from the conversation that was going on. Yeah. We'll just start with what's your greatest piece of advice to prepare? Um, should we start with the parent's heart or the okay. child? Which one? Well, let's start with the, with the uh, students. Okay. Um, for the students, it is to prepare. Uh You know, I think our our students tend to think, well, you know, this is just a next step. And I'm just going to instead of getting up and going to high school, I'm going to live somewhere else and get up and go to class at some university or college somewhere. Um, And it takes more preparation, more thought than that. Uh Uh But it has to be preparation that they do. Um, Good point. To prepare themselves. So how do you do that? Well, I think there's, we'll get past the whole college selection process, which. Yeah, that's a whole different podcast. Yeah. um, You know, once they've figured out where they're going to go, they they need to, they need to understand that um, they're stepping into a whole new environment Mm -hmm. and they've grown up with a lot of the same friends, some of the same friends from kindergarten through senior year of high school. Right. And they're about to go off to somewhere where maybe they don't know anybody or maybe they have casual friends or people they've met, but Uh um, not the depth of friendships that they've had. And so um, one of the things they need to do is prepare themselves to make new friends. Um, (laughs) That may not be something they've done lately. And they need to think about that and be intentional about it. Um, and um, really plan on the fact that 
understand that when I first meet somebody, I'm not going to have the depth of relationship that I have with that friend that I was besties with for four years of high school. Yeah. Um, and that that takes time to develop. And I, I think they sort of think, well, we're going to go in and I'm going to meet all these people is going to be awesome. And, but it like may the not movies. Be. <laughs> yeah, it may not be initially. It takes time. It takes time to develop depth of friendship and to just understand that will come, but you need to be intentional about it. So you're having me flashback to my first semester of college where my high school roommate backed out on me last minute, decided to go to a different school. So I had a rando roommate. We got along great for the first month and then it just went bad. And my parents coached me through it and found a different roommate. But that first semester was not um, as I dreamed it would be. You know, did you experience that with your kids? Well, yeah, thinking about the topic of, um, you know, freshman roommates, Mm -hmm. um, I was talking with my kids about it and said, I may be uniquely unqualified to talk about that, given that all of my kids basically failed miserably on a first roommate. Um, And that's another thing to anticipate, though. Uh You know, you're you're headed off and uh, unless you're rooming with your best friend from high school, which may or may not be a good idea. Exactly. um, Then you're going to be living with someone you don't know. And the thought that you're just going to click and it's going to be awesome. I mean, that happens, but that's rare. Right. Um, So don't get caught up in that and understand that. Yeah, that's where I start. And really what's important about that is I have a place to live mm-hmm. and I have a place to, you know, study and I have a place to eat and, mm-hmm. and the rest will come because you'll make friends. You'll wind up, you know, in, in living situations with, with friends later on that may or may not happen your first or, or second semester. That's, I, one of my best friends to date, um, we've been friends now for, gosh, over 20 years and she was roommate number two. We both had bad roommate situations at the beginning, you know, switched out and it worked. But it's because we found solace in each other's rooms at the beginning, you know. So as a parent, how do you I'm sure you got phone calls of tears or anger or anxiety during that first semester? Well, I have four boys and one girl, so I only got one set of phone calls with tears. You okay. can guess which uh-huh. one that was not the boys. Um, because, you know, that's that's another thing that the boys tend to head off and think, I got this. Right. You know, you know, we're in charge. We, you know, I got this. Yeah. Well, they may or may not. Right. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, you have to comfort and help them think through the situation. They're the ones that need to solve the problem um, and uh, help them walk through it and then get out of the way. Um, You know, there was a time with one where the roommate situation was so bad, I was really tempted to call the university and say, hey, there's a problem here uh, just because of some of the things that were happening with the individual. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I would have those feelings and then I wouldn't do it and I'd wait, I'd pause <laughs> yeah. and then um, I'd say, OK, no. Right. You know, I have to do that constantly to myself as a parent, like th- through all the different stages, through all the different stages. Um, I always say, like, I've already been in seventh grade. <laughs> this is not my job, you know, but to guide them to listen and then maybe hang up the phone and 
you know, cry a little yourself. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, you know, and if think about it, have cool, calm reflection. I mean, there are times when I've called back, you know, a couple of days later and said, yeah, I had this thought, um, you know, about something you might try or something you might do or, hey, just how's it going? Right. You know, have you been able to resolve whatever's going on or just be supportive, but it's their situation and they need yeah. to be the ones to solve it. Yeah. What is um, something that you learned after each kid that by the end you're like, oh, I wish I knew this with our firstborn? I don't really know of anything that I look back and say, man, I'd wish I'd known that to begin with. I think um, it got easier mm -hmm. just because I'd experienced it and knew I was going to survive. This was going to be okay. Right. You know, I've told the story that with my oldest, um, he went to school in Atlanta uh, and we dropped him off and he and I are extremely close. And I cried from Atlanta to Birmingham, <laughs> um, which is Pretty much true. But, um, you know, right. by Birmingham, I was like, okay, you need to suck it up. You got a long drive back to Dallas. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, you know, it got easier to just let go and understand this is their thing. Mm -hmm. So I have a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old. And I'm never the mom that cries on the first day of school. Like, I'm excited for this new adventure. I think it's the school teacher coming out of me. And then I dropped my high schooler off for his freshman year, not expecting to have any sort of emotion whatsoever, except for joy, and cried for a good 30 minutes afterwards. And I think, like, in my mind, I recognize this is, you know, the clock's a ticking. It's four years, right? So how do parents prepare for that? You know, I would think... Possibly the summer beforehand could be difficult and then dropping them off and driving home could be difficult. So how do you prepare for all those things? I have an interesting augment to your, yes. your story. I dropped our oldest off for his freshman year of high school and cried like a baby. Meanwhile, oh my, my wife was dropping off our youngest at kindergarten and she called me just ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we're having very different emotions here. Um, it, it is, it, you know, it, parents do need to prepare. Um, this is their thing. It's not your thing. Right. Um, it's funny. I guess one thing I would say we learned over time was sort of how to do the whole drop off process. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we probably weren't as good at it the first time as we were the last time. Right. And it's really funny to watch other parents and you go, yeah, their first time, uh, <laughs> first time to drop a kid off at college. Um it's a stressful time for both and mm -hmm. and for both the, the student and the parents. And mm -hmm. you need to understand that you need to be receptive to what your students going through, but also prepared to say, OK, well, we're leaving now and right. not drag it out and not make it harder on the student than it already is mm -hmm. um, by having your own separation anxiety. Um, <laughs> kind of like nursery child care, right? <laughs> drop and run. Like, I mean, probably not that much. But, you know, there was a time dropping the youngest one off where we were helping her get her room set up. And it became apparent to me that 
we were becoming more involved in the process than she wanted us to be. Yeah. And it was frustrating her. So I was like, well, let's take this trash out to the dumpster and, you know, go for a walk. And uh, that's what my wife and I did. And um, we uh, came back. We actually... <laughs> We actually walked over to the Wesley Foundation office and uh, nice. introduced ourselves. And so, what's a Wesley Foundation? Wesley Foundation is the college um, uh, student ministry program for the United Methodist Church. Okay, uh, it was close to the dormitory, and so we introduced our daughter in abstention, and uh, uh-huh. and then we went back to her room, and she had it basically set up. Had you know, had a couple things she wanted us to do, and. And, you know, we were all in a much better place, but it was time for us to get out of the way and let her do her thing. Right. Right. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you was how to get your kids connected to a faith community. Um, So can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that um, there's a a line I've used from a a motivational speaker who speaks to high school kids. uh, that that says, um, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that's really important for our kids to understand as they head off to college is, you know, I need to find a group of people who are like-minded, mm-hmm. um, who have uh, similar values. Um, and, um, you know, we all know there's a whole lot of things you can get involved in in college if that's what you choose to do. But right. what you need to do is surround yourself by people. And where you'll really find your friendships is with people who are like you, who right. who have the same um, uh, values as you. Um, and so I suggest, for instance, when we did the program with our students here who were seniors headed off to college, to do a little research on, you know, what I, what organizations, what opportunities are available. Uh-huh. And it may be the Wesley Foundation. It may be, it may be something else. Um, you know, one of my kids was real involved in Young Life when he was in high school and he wound up being a Young Life um, leader for a high school at in the uh-huh. town where his school was, um, which is, by the way, where he met his wife. She was also a Young Life leader. Hey, that um, worked out. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's the idea is, you know, it's, it's organizations or things that are um, important to you, um, um, uh, people who share your values, um, share your beliefs. It's it's a good idea to do a little research ahead of time and find out, okay, what opportunities are there uh, that I can get involved in? And then get involved. Right. Um, that's another thing we talk to the students about is, hey, when you get there, you know, don't just be an observer, get be a participant, get involved. And if you get involved in an organization, you get involved in a group, um, whether it's something related to your major or or whatever it is, uh, you know, maybe you're really into some sports and you want to get involved in that or something, but get involved because that's where you're really going to meet people is by being a participant. Well, and I've heard feedback from students who have gone and, you know, let's say they've grown up at this church their whole life. So they've never had the opportunity to church shop. And so they might walk into a church and think this is the church for them and they go for a little bit and they they don't feel that connection. Mm-hmm. Um giving them the freedom to continue to look and find places where they do feel connection and find community um I think is an important freedom that sometimes they need to be told. It's okay if you go to church A and you don't feel connected, keep trying. Right. 
Keep trying. That was the experience of, I think, all of my kids. They maybe started out one place and wound up, you know, going someplace uh, different. Um, You know, the fail safe, if you've grown up here in this church is, oh, I need to find a United Methodist Church. And that might be awesome. There might be an awesome, you know, college program uh, or there might be an awesome worship that you really connect with you that you mm-hmm. really connect with that you want to do, but mm-hmm. maybe it's somewhere else. Right. Or maybe that friend group you make, um, you know, some of the closest friends, one of my kids um, has now wound up being a, some kids she ran into um, early on in her freshman year and they invited her to church and they wind up, they go to church together still. And so, um, you know, that, and it wasn't the Wesley Foundation, right? Um, you know, it was it was someplace else, but it's where they connected and where they feel comfortable and feel at home, and that's what's important, right? So this wasn't on the list of topics, so I'm going to throw a curveball at you. You ready? I'm ready. You talked about different opportunities that college kids have. So, um, what happens if your kids make poor choices and you get that phone call that, you know? Maybe they got, um, what's it called when you're not driving, but you're intoxicated in public? Oh, public intoxication. That that one, that one. Or something like that that is a big deal, but can be um, something that can build resiliency, you know? So you both want to not make the choice again but work through that choice. And I'm not saying any of your kids have had this. Yeah, I was going to say, say, fortunately, I haven't gotten those phone calls. But I've I've worked with families who have, right? Mm -hmm. The kid that never did that in high school goes off and just kind of goes a little crazy at the beginning. Right. How do we reel that in when we're not there? Well, I, I think it's time for some serious conversation about you know, the choices you're making, you can't fix it. Right. They have to fix it. Um, they have to decide what their values are and what their, um, you know, what are good decisions, what are appropriate decisions and what aren't for them. Um, but it, it merits a discussion about, you know, the implications mm-hmm. uh, for the future and, you know, whether maybe they have fallen into a friend group that isn't a good influence. Right. Maybe they would need to rethink what they're doing. Maybe they need to rethink, you know, the um, people they're hanging out with or whatever. But um, it merits that that conversation. Mm-hmm. But essentially, you know, it's their problem to solve. And that's part of growing up. Right. Yeah. Well, having my kids in college, um, one just turned 21 at college and Mm -hmm. it caused me to think back to when I turned 21 in college. Yeah. We're not going to discuss that. Yeah. Just do a whole lot of praying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The fact of the matter is as parents, we've spent all this time up through senior year of high school, preparing our kids to go off and make good choices. And, um, and how to deal with it when they don't. Right. And not even just drinking too much, but sleeping in from a class or failing a test or, you know, you've got to be able to problem solve and bounce back from the hardship that is what what is it now? Hashtag adulting, <laughs> you know, um, that hashtag kind of drives me crazy, but some days I feel it immensely in my soul. But you got to deal with it. And. The problems don't fix themselves. Right. And this is 
the next step in in they're growing up and they need to be the ones to fix it and you need to step back and you can obviously have suggestions you can offer resources but they're the ones that need to deal with this so what about the professor that they just don't click with and they're not doing well with um Yeah, you just caused me to flash back to some professors I had <laughs> many, many moons ago. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, it, again, that's their situation. That's something they have to deal with. I mean, if they if they ask advice, um, I offer it. Uh-huh. Um, but we all in life come across people who are more difficult to deal with than others. Yes. Um, that's a part of... Being a grown-up, and it might as well start now, so figure it out. Yeah. Uh, that's. Do you recommend emailing the professor as a parent? Absolutely not. Why not? Because this is their issue to solve, okay? And, and you know, that needs to start in high school. So those who might be listening who are, you know, still years away, this is part of the prep uh, of, of having kids head off to college. This is part of that preparation process is, you know, Yes, in elementary school, you need to be the problem solver because maybe the the child can't. But you know, as they as they get on into high school, if they're having a difficult time with a with a teacher or something, they need to go solve it, and that then will prepare them for when they're off in college and these problems come up. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Just had to ask. <laughs> what about social media and college? As we have both flashed back to our college days, I'm so thankful that there was no Instagram, Facebook, or Snapchat in my college days Um, or my high school days, to be quite honest. How do we, do you still monitor social media as they go away? Do you still check their accounts and stuff? Um, The short answer is no. Now, I may follow them, mm-hmm. but we all know that the Instagram account I'm following isn't the Instagram account anything's going to show up on that's right. going to cause dad to you know, right. um, pick up the phone. What's that called? What's the second account called? There's a word for Finsta. it. Thank you. Nice. Um, <laughs> it might be disturbing that I know that. Yeah, but, that's all right. Um, but so, again... They need to have an appreciation and understanding of the implications of what they post. Mm-hmm. Um, quite frankly, I think our kids, our high school kids now, have a little bit better understanding of that than those for whom this was brand new. I agree. Um, and so um, it may not be as big an issue, but I mean, they still, you know, will post stuff that you're like, what behooved you to um you know, one of the conversations I had to have with one of our college kids was because I still followed uh, him on Twitter and he would retweet stuff. Um, and I mm-hmm. had a conversation with him about some of the things he was retweeting. And he was like, but it was somebody else's tweet. And I'm like, but as an adult, the first thing I look at is why did I get this tweet? Oh, I got this because somebody retweeted it to me and your name's right there. Right. And so it's a reflection on you and think about those sorts of things. Yeah. So my kids both knew I was interviewing you this morning and they wanted me to ask this question. 
So we use um, location services right now with our family. We do it with like my husband and I do it just right. out of ease. Like, so we're not doing anything we wouldn't do to the adults in our family. But they said, will you still have location services on me in college? And I said, I don't know. I will ask Roy that question today. What do you think? Um, my view on that is yes, for safety reasons only. Mm -hmm. As a parent, don't drive yourself crazy by trying to figure out, you know. They're on this part of campus right now. They're at this house. Is my student in class when they're supposed to be? You know, where's my student at two in the morning? Mm -hmm. I have an idea for you. Go to sleep. Right. Okay. Right. Um, you can't do anything about it. You shouldn't do anything about it. But But for safety reasons. That's honestly why I paused because- one of the reasons we track them is our oldest is driving. If something were to happen, we'd know right. exactly where they're at. Right. Um, and we're still monitoring them a little bit more closely because, sure. you know, they're teenagers. Right. Um, the second, but when my pause in that question was the health of me, that I don't know if I, you know, can be healthy in that monitoring, but you're right. Just go to sleep. Like, you know. Right. So for instance, you know, our daughter goes to school a long ways away. Right. Well, when we know she's heading home, I mean, mm -hmm. my wife keeps track of where she is on the road. Just, yeah. you know, in, yeah. in case there's a problem or, you know, if all of a sudden she's not moving anymore, then she might say, hey, did you stop for right. a meal or everything okay? Right. You know, just to make sure everything's fine. But but from a safety standpoint, not... Not from, from a, a tracking a keeping standpoint. track of what you're doing standpoint. Because that'll drive both of you crazy. Yes. And, you know, they need to have their independence. Yeah. This is part of the learning process. And and being in this atmosphere is a step to being on their own completely. And they need to learn how to take responsibility. Yeah. So um, a random question. Once you drop your kids off, what's the largest sum of money that you might have heard that somebody spends at Target? <laughs> it's funny you ask that because um, one of the schools my um, uh, one of my sons went to actually has during the new student week, uh -huh. they have a target night and they <laughs> use the campus buses and they bus all these kids to target. And it's a huge party. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's like. Sounds like my kind of party. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And, you know, they have entertainment and everything at the target. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, it's that's, after hours at the target, they shut it down and then they bust all these college kids. It's, I mean, that is genius. It is genius. Right. Um, so yeah, there's always the trip to wherever for, Hey, we need a blackout curtain because I can't sleep with the light kind, you know, all those little sorts of things that they right. didn't think of ahead of time. But again, it's gotta be driven by them. Mm. Um, and not, by you. Um, this is their deal. This is their living arrangement. You know, yeah. Be willing to get them what's going to help them be comfortable. Right. And what's going to make them feel like this is my home, but it's their home. It's not your home. Oh, say that again. <laughs> it's their home. It's not your home. Okay. So do you buy cleaning supplies or do you let them realize they need those? Um, well, <laughs> you know, a lot of the schools will put out a list, especially for incoming freshmen, of, hey, here are the things you need to bring. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's sort of like the packing list. Right, right. right. 
that's their deal. And, you know, let them go get it. Mm-hmm. Let them get what they want. And then if they have, if they get there and realize they need something, there's a way to get to the store. Right. Even if you don't have a, a, vehicle. a vehicle. Right. Yeah. I didn't have a vehicle in college until my junior year. And so that was always an interesting of, you know, how to get from A to B. But that was also before um, we had apps where cars would just come pick you up wherever you were at. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty darn simple these <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you had one thing to say, so this is how we end every podcast. You have to pick student or parent. So first you have to pick the age group. What's one thing you wish they knew about this topic? Well, we haven't talked a whole lot about parents. And so I would pick the parents and I would say, um, let go. Mm. Um, You've spent all that time during high school years, especially getting them prepared to go off and um, to make wise decisions. And you need to just let them go. I, one of the things I've heard that that troubles me, and I hear it from the perspective of the students too, is, well, I really liked this, you know, college, but my mom doesn't want me to go that far away, or my dad says it's too far away. Mm-hmm. And obviously, finances are a huge consideration for everybody. Right. I'm I'm eliminating the financial issues from okay. it, um, but that always. That always really concerns me and kind of breaks my heart when I hear that because this is their choice. And if it's their choice, um, it needs to be their choice. And if it's their choice, they're going to be invested in it and they're going to work hard to make it work. Yeah. And if it's your choice, you know, you don't want to hear somewhere down the road. Well, I never liked that school, but mom made me go there or dad made me go there. Right. I'm not picking on moms. Trust me, because I see it from dads. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I can't have my baby girl going that far away. Well, OK, no, this is your baby girl's time to go far away. Yeah. And, and to adjust and to cope. You know, as you say that, I have lived my whole life in Texas and probably will at this point. And I mean, I have a long life to live. So who knows? Maybe I'll retire in Alaska. Who knows? It's awesome. uh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But that is something that I've always thought is, I wonder what would have happened if I went away somewhere and just experienced a different culture. Um, My college group, um, my college girls, we still get together once a year and we're now kind of scattered. And the one that has traveled the most throughout, you know, it was ultimately following her husband's company throughout the world and stuff. But she's now landed in Chicago. And, you know, she talks about the different cultures of each kind of place that she was at and each time. And I think that could be a very important life skill. Like just the culture of Texas is completely different than the culture in Chicago. It was something that. I actually promoted with my kids mm-hmm. all the way through, you know, because they'd have their favorite Texas school and I, I would sort of discourage that. Now, you know, my wife and I went to University of Illinois, so we didn't have a vested interest in one of the Texas schools. But right. I always talk to them about go see other parts of the country, go get the perspective of, you know, because 
other parts of the country have a different perspective on Texas than we have on ourselves. <laughs> right. Um, uh, We're not the best at everything, Roy? Well, of course we are. Okay. But others may not think <laughs> okay, so. Okay. Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> but um, you know, go other places, experience other things and figure out what you really, you know, want to do in life or you want to be in life. And, and uh, so we really promoted that with our kids. Um, so, you know, now my two oldest um, aren't living anywhere close, which right. is, um, you know, I mean, we miss them, but it's their choice and they're making their lives. And that's what's important, I think. Well, one of my friends gave me um, a good perspective. Her kids went where the school that was best suited for what they want to learn, not the school best suited to an alma mater or a location. Um, and it was, I looked at her at one point and said, how are you letting her go so far away? And she said, this is what's going to feed her passion. Exactly. It's not your college career. You had yours. Right. Um, it's theirs and they need to make the selection. And my belief is if they make the selection, um, they'll be invested in it and they'll do everything they can to make it work. You know, I'm not going to say that there weren't times where, uh, you know, so all my kids have gone with one exception, have gone quite far away. Um, and I'm not going to say there weren't times where they said, um, man, I miss my friends. I, you know, right. uh, I, I wish I hadn't gone so far. But then it's like, OK, well, that was your choice. And they turn around and they make it work. Mm -hmm. And we know that, um, you know. Being on the other side of those decisions, we know that the bulk of their long-term friendships are friendships they make in college right. and and after, and you know all those high school friends. If they truly, really were that close, those relationships will continue. Mm -hmm. But most of those relationships right. aren't that way. Right. And as time goes on, they're going to realize wait a minute, these people that I did college with, I went through that whole experience with, they're right. the people that, you know, I really um, am close to and I'm going to stay in touch with. Right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your wisdom. Is there anything else that you want to bestow upon us? I would, one further point on that, on that parent issue, you know, I say let go, but also stay connected. Hmm. Um, you know, I think that first parents weekend, I think that's important because they want to do it on their own, but they also want to know that you're still there. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, one of the advice, uh, I think every new student orientation I sat through, which was many, <laughs> um, uh, you know, they say, don't, don't tear out your student's room, you know, the day they leave for, <laughs> for right, college and right. turn it into that media room you've always wanted. Um, leave it for them so that when they come home, they have home, they mm -hmm. have a place. Um, they want you to stay connected. And they also are proud of what they're doing. And they want you there. We just came back from a weekend of visiting um, uh, our daughter and, you know, she was proud to show off to her brother who hadn't been to campus, yeah. you know, what campus was like. And so they want you to stay connected, find those times to visit, but visit and leave. Right. And it's not every weekend. It's, right. you know, it's infrequent, but still show you care. You're connected. You're 
proud of them. You're interested in what they're doing. You're interested in what's going on with their school, but it's theirs, not yours. That's a good word. Thank you, Roy. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening today. We really appreciate all that you do to help lift, connect with others. Make sure and go like our Facebook page where we give information about our guests, upload our podcast each week. And I just want to say, remember, if you need anything or any of these podcasts, bring deeper questions. You can always reach out to me at St. Andrew. Look forward to connecting with you on our next episode.